0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing
1: in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Forget about Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. It's Zolgad and it's bonus scoop time. Declan Goff producing and the star of the show, my good friend, Doogie. Doogie, what's up, man? How are you?
0: What's up, Judd? I don't know about me being a star, but it's good to see you. Currently in quarantine, the missus is down in the basement. She tested positive. Thankfully, she's doing better now than she had been over the last few days. I tested negative. I'll go test again in a few days just to ensure that I'm negative. But I tested negative. The boys are on spring break this week. I don't know, Judd, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They're constantly around. They're driving me crazy in many ways, although right now they're okay, although they'll probably need lunch here pretty quick, a 10-year-old and a six-year-old. So I'm trying to keep them busy. So thank you for this distraction. This is an excuse for them to be quiet, for me to engage in some sports dialogue <laughs> with you at Beckman. So I enjoy
1: this. So thank you. I foresee um, macaroni in your future. I-, I I can I can see it now, a big pot of macaroni and cheese.
0: You know what? We had that for dinner last night, although I had to have the wife like scream instructions practically I fail miserably. Like, Judd, I, I, I am miserable in the kitchen. You know what I've mastered, though? The air fryer.
1: All the air we have this
0: big, <laughs> huge air fryer. Yeah, we man. found it on Amazon for a really good price. It's one of these enormous air fryers. I have mastered the air fryer. But unfortunately, macaroni and cheese, as far as I know, cannot be made in the air fryer. Well, you Last time I made the macaroni and cheese just on my own, it was too milky. I had the 6 year olds like, screaming at me.
1: Yeah, it's not like, good.
0: He was almost swearing at me because I put too much Whoa! milk in it.
1: Is is, mm-hmm. is your air fryer also a pressure cooker, Dugs, or is it just the air fryer? Just the air fryer. Okay. But it's
0: fantastic. Declan, like, I make bagel oh, yeah. bites in there. Oh, yeah, I man. made some, yeah, we, we I got don't know one. if it was burritos or something, a Mexican dish last night. I make dumplings in there, chicken oh, yeah. wings. Like, everything. Like, we even made some chocolate chip cookies a couple weeks ago you, in there. They were fantastic.
1: You have scoops on the Minnesota sports. I have scoops on the air fryer and pressure cooker game. So, we could we could definitely uh, exchange some notes. There. Pressure cooker's dangerous. I have it no is. interest in it. Air, oh, fry, air fryer, all in. Pressure cooker, get out of here. No. Dangerous. People get hurt with pressure cookers, okay? All right. Scoopage time, Doogie. Uh, since we just had the clip that we played from Randy Dobnik newly minted to a contract that is, of course, great for him and also great for the Twins. I tweeted this and I tweeted at you with this because, you know, the Dobnik deal get getting done, it's it's a great story and it's all well and good. But what it really brings to mind from, from true Twins fans is a bigger question, which is, okay, Dobnik's going to start the season in the bullpen. He might get some starts. But what's going on contractually, and you've been on this for like a year plus at least, Barrios and Buxton and really that next line of contracts that are going that are going to come into play here pretty soon, actually?
0: You're right. I mean, it goes back even over a year, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, they have made Barrios and Buxton multiple offers going back multiple years. We saw it with the Randy Dobneck extension that it contains multiple team options. The twins love multiple team options, whether it's two or three. They tried to get Buxton on an extension with multiple team options going back to 2019. So dialogue is ongoing. I can't sit here and tell you anything is quite imminent on either front, but that could always change with one new conversation, one new offer. But as we sit here on Tuesday afternoon, the 30th of March, the year 2021, nothing is close between the twins. And Byron Buxton's camp, nothing is close between the twins and Jose Barrios' camp on any sort of extension. But I imagine those talks will continue. I mean, if they started up years ago, yeah. it's not like they're on the back burner. So it's worth keeping an eye on. But I'm just telling you, nothing is on the cusp of happening. And then you go up and down the roster. Like, are there some other logical candidates? Like I look at Tyler Duffy. I would say, Hey, pretty darn good reliever. Would you be interested in extending him at least so far? There actually have not been any talks on extending Tyler Duffy, but yes on Barrios, yes on Buxton. My understanding on Dobnek is that that came together pretty darn fast. I mean, he's had a really good march. You know, they have the book on him, but now he's added a slider. Mm -hmm. He's looked really good this month, and with him looking really good, with this contract being very team-friendly, I mean, the risk is pretty minimal from from the Twin standpoint. You know, it didn't take long to negotiate this extension, put it that way.
1: Brios wants to get paid, correct? He he is looking for – he is how, – how can I put this nicely? He is looking for a substantial payday that my guess is when push comes to shove and this actually uh, does start to come to fruition might not be to the Twins' liking. Is that fair?
0: I think that is fair. I mean, if you go back multiple years, Declan, maybe you can Google the Blake Snell extension – you know, Snell, the, the former Tampa Bay Ray, he signed an extension with Tampa before being traded out west. Mm-hmm. I know that that contract was very underwhelming to the Barrios camp. If you look at the Aaron Nola extension with the Phillies, that was another one that was pretty underwhelming. There's an Astro that just signed an extension last week, McCullers Jr. Yes, you might have the specific numbers in front of you. Is it five years, ninety five million? Well Blake, somewhere in that no. ballpark. Blake I mean kn- I can make a case.
1: Yeah. Blake's, Go ahead. Blake Snell did five years fifty when he signed his Yeah, I mean, that's deal.
0: super underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, the twins would have happily done that deal. Uh, the Brios camp said no to that offer, or any any, you know, any thought of, of that offer, parameters of, of such a deal, the Brios camp said no to that in two seconds. They didn't have to think twice about that. McCullers Jr. extension is interesting because I can argue Barrios is as good, if not better. Like, I'd rather have Barrios than McCullers Jr. If you look at innings pitched, Barrios dominates in that area. So if McCullers Jr. is worth that much, and again, you can look up the specific numbers, but I thought it was five years in the $95 million ballpark. Yes. That if you're the Barrios camp, you're seeking – More than that. So, okay, so 585. Yes. Was there a six-year team option or maybe a vesting option? Mm -hmm. But if you're the Barrios camp, you are seeking more than that. Maybe not significantly more, but you're definitely seeking more than that. I can just tell you, they are not signing for less than that.
1: Opening day Thursday against the Brewers. What are your expectations for this team? And I will warn you, my expectations are very high. I'm saying 96 wins, and here's why. I don't think the White Sox are going to be as good as people think. And I've been on the White Sox um, bandwagon for a couple of years, but there's a lot of things there. There's injuries. Lance Lynn I have questions about in real pressure in Chicago pitching. And really important one to me is if they had hired A.J. Hinch, I think I'd be in. Tony La is an old, curmudgeonly man with with what is a fun, young team. I could see that being toxic. So I am saying, I I am promising nothing when it gets to the playoffs for the Twins. But I am saying 96 or so wins. I like the pitching. If guys stay healthy, I think the offense, and especially uh, Donaldson, can produce. And I like the defense. I think there's a lot to like about these Twins.
0: There is a lot to like. I will take under 96. Mm-hmm. I do make them the division champs. I do have a belief, Judd, that, that once you're, you're up there, once you are the king, like somebody has to, has to knock you off that throne, yep. right? When you've won back to back division titles, it's now on Chicago or Cleveland or Kansas City or even maybe Detroit to knock them off until somebody does with most of their team back. I still have them up there. So, yeah, I I expect the Twins to return to the playoffs. I expect them to win the American League Central. I just don't think it'll be quite that number. But 90, 91, Mm -hmm. 89, somewhere in that ballpark, 96 just seems a bit aggressive for for my liking. But I really like them. And I'm with you on Chicago. La hasn't managed in over a decade. Mm -hmm. There's questions about Andrew Vaughn. I think there are questions about the back end of their rotation, like with a lot of teams. But. Those questions do exist. Like is Liam Hendricks a big time step up from Colomay? Yes, you know, in some ways. He's better, but I don't know if it's a significant step up. Right. I just I also wonder if there's going to be some regression with, with some of those bats. They are going to miss Jimenez a ton. It looks like he's out I mean, minimum five months, maybe the entire season. Yep. So that's a big time loss. They added Jake Lamb, but who cares, right? Whoop-de-doo on Jake Lamb that's a significant drop off him and as to lamb, right? Then you think about guys like Tim Anderson, you know, does Tim Anderson duplicate what he did last year Again, small sample size of last year, but like, he's good, but is he going to be, you know, a superstar? So I'm with you. I think the white Sox are going to make the playoffs. I think they find a way to, to get one of those wildcard spots, Sure, but I'm with you. The twins win the division. That is, that is my expectation. And heck, I'll raise the bar even further. It's time
1: to end the eighteen game playoff losing streak. I'm not Find a way I'm not to win a playoff game. I'm not Doogie, I'm not going there anymore. I'm just done. Until Jug, then we have it, to. I'm done. But that's the
0: bar. Like minimum, I, agree, but, I mean I don't care if, if they're a wild card team, fine, so be it. But yeah. like minimum, it's to their credit that they've raised the bar so significantly high, but but the expectation at this point is they need to win in the playoffs. Winning in the regular season isn't good enough anymore.
1: I agree completely. But when you lose 18 consecutive playoff games and and it's now with this team, like that that was the whole thing going into the ALDS against the Yankees in 2019, right? That wasn't this team. This team's different. You've now lost 5 consecutive playoff games with this team, so I am done predicting and it is 1000% in their heads and it's in Rocco's head and so I am done trying to figure out what is going on here uh go for basketball ben johnson now a week plus on the job as far as recruiting and also a coaching staff goes where do things stand for him
0: well i'll take up the latter one so on the coaching staff i think we'll have some news here pretty quick dave thorson is an obvious candidate now the most important thing on Dave's mind is he's getting a COVID vaccine today. So that's at the forefront of his mind, not moving home here to Minnesota, but Dave and Ben have a longstanding relationship. Dave is currently on the Colorado state staff. He is one of the best defensive coaches in the country. Look at the Colorado state defensive numbers. Dave Thorson mm-hmm. is a grinder. He knows how to coach defense as well as anyone. He was Ben Johnson's high school coach mm-hmm. at De La Salle. Dave, was an assistant coach way back when under Clem Haskins, you know, pre, you know, all the debacle stuff. You know, so Dave's been around the game forever. Dave is a very logical candidate. The interesting name to me is what does Ben do with Ed Conroy, who's been on the staff the last few years. Ben and Ed were on the same staff. Ed has head coaching experience, was a head coach at the Citadel at Tulane. Ed is pretty low maintenance. He has some good relationships in town, including with Creighton Durham Hall, star junior point guard, Trey Holloman, if you haven't seen the video, he had a buzzer beater to send Creighton to state last week. I mean, that kid just has that it factor, that wild wow factor. His mom, Crystal Flint, played for the Gophers. The Gophers can land Trey Holloman, one of the best players in the country in the 2022 class. But I'm just saying Ed Conroy has a good relationship with Trey. Ed's nephew is Liam Robbins. Right Now, do I think that if Ed isn't back, that it's a 100% certainty that that Liam enters the transfer portal? I'm not quite there yet, but I do think Liam and Ed are tied together in so many ways. So wouldn't it make sense, Ed, low maintenance, he's been here. He knows where the bodies have been buried the last couple of years. He can help Ben in so many ways. He's not looking to step on Ben's toes. You know, wouldn't it make sense to keep Ed? But then I had somebody, Judd, offer up some resistance. That if, that if you're hiring Dave Thorson and you're hiring Ed Conroy, can you hire two older Caucasians? Huh. Does that offer? Does that offer pause? Now you have a third assistant's job that that you can you can you know hire a minority if you want to, but I've had people offer up that resistance that that Ed and and Dave. are just there might be a little bit too much crossover there, but that, those are certainly two names to keep an eye on. There's a coach last name is Justice on John Calipari's staff at Kentucky. I forget his first name. But remember that name. He is somehow in this mix. I'm not saying it's a done deal, Sure, that it's 100% certainty that he's coming, but that's a name that, that's on Ben's radar. I was told there's a coach on South Carolina staff, Frank Martin staff. I don't have a name that's been on Ben's radar. Jared Nunes, who's on the Baylor staff. So Jared is, is a Twin Cities guy. Good. You know, Baylor just won last night heading to the Final Four. Jared isn't technically an assistant coach for Baylor. He's, like, director of player development. He's he's right under the assistant coach, you know, titles on on the totem pole. Sure. You know, so this would be a promotion. You know, Jared and, and Ben have a relationship, but they have not connected verbally yet. You know, so Ben is close to hiring a staff, and there hasn't been a conversation, at least a phone conversation, with Jared. I don't know how much I love Jared's chances. There's some buzz about Jalen Suggs' dad, Larry Suggs, <laughs> who now coaches over at Minnehaha Academy. We know how close – Larry is with Chet
1: Holmgren with Prince legbay Danny Manning's right? dad had a job with Larry Brown.
0: Now remember Kansas. this, though. I don't know this for sure yep. either way. And, and Larry is a brilliant basketball mind, so these rules are stupid. Yeah. But remember that, that to coach, you need to have a college degree. You know, so that's something worth worth checking on that, that I need to check on. I think it's you know ridiculous. Assistant coach? Larry, yeah, that coach Yes. Assistant coach. You need to have a college degree. So I I don't know if Larry does or not. I had somebody tell me, I I need to check on that. I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. Larry knows the game of basketball as well as anyone. He forgets more about basketball in two seconds than I'll ever know. He started working with his son, Jalen, with Chet Holmgren back when those kids were, were 10, 11 years old, even before then. He really helped develop Both of those young men, right? Mm -hmm. Jalen's about to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Chet is the likely number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft. If Larry Suggs wants the job, I would hope they could find a way. You know, so that's just, that's another interesting name. Somebody that has unbelievable local plus national connections. Then what was the other part of of your injury, Yeah, so on recruiting. So I just got off a Zoom conversation with Jamison Battle. The former De La Salle, he also played at Benilde St. Margaret's. He just transferred from George Washington. He was all-conference in the Atlantic 10, mm-hmm. averaged nearly 18 points a game. He committed last night to Ben. He told me, Judd, that he was actually going to wait until Easter weekend, this weekend, to tell his family, but he just couldn't get it off his mind. He was so excited. He called Ben around 1 or 2 o'clock yesterday, delivered the news the graphics department over at the U made him a nice graphic that, that he was able to plaster on his, on his social media to, to make the, the commitment official yesterday around six o'clock or so. But he's pumped. It came down to the University of Miami, not Ohio, Florida, sure. Jim Laranega and the Miami Hurricanes and Minnesota. But the more he talked to Ben, the more it just seemed obvious that, that, that he should stay home. So he's here in all likelihood, he'll be eligible next year. I mean, whether the NCAA passes the one-time legislation to allow players immediate eligibility, or if he needs to file paperwork and, and fight for, for his case, he is coming home. It's still a pandemic. So I think one way or another, Jamison Battle will be eligible immediately. He has a couple years of eligibility left. In fact, I I guess after the free year, he just got done with the sophomore year, George Washington. Mm-hmm. Technically, he has three years left, right? Because last year was a free year yeah. for everybody. So he still has three years remaining. He is an excellent shooter. So you think about all the bricks that all the Gophers players were were hoisting up this season, how bad they were shooting from three-point range. Jamison Battle is an excellent shooter, but he's gotten better at putting the ball on the floor. Six foot-seven wing, he can defend. He was a good player in AAU a couple years ago for D1 Minnesota. He played with Zeke Naji, he played with Matthew Hurt, he played with Tyrell Terry. He's played with a lot of high-end players. So, yep. that is a really good get. He's also been in contact with other recruits. Khalid Elamine son Ish Elamine. He went to Hopkins High School. He's in the portal from Ball State, good player. Ben has interest. Ben has talked to Ish. Jameson is reaching out to Ish. Ben hasn't quite offered Ish. That may happen soon. Mm-hmm. And I think if it happens, Ben will get Ishel Amin, but he hasn't quite extended an offer. Ben later today will do one of these. I don't know if it's StreamYard or Zoom, but Ben will talk with Parker Fox. He went to Matamidi High School. He is transferring from Northern State, which is Division Two. But if you look at his stats, one of the best players in Division Two, he is ready to play high major Division One basketball. So maybe Ben extends that offer later today. So far, Ben has not extended an offer to Parker. Mm-hmm. They've talked, but that may be imminent if it is. I think Ben Johnson has a great chance to land Parker Fox as well.
1: As far as high school talent goes, too. So I think you tweeted this. So Ben Ben called Chet Hol- Holmgren, is that correct? Now, I know yes. the odds yep. of trying to get Chet are very, very distant. Uh but that is probably an important step in trying to uh close down the borders here and make inroads that I think became damn near impossible for Patino to make.
0: Yes it did. Now, it'll still take some time. Like there was a good big man last night from North Dakota about 4 hours from here, not far across the border. Last name Kuhlbert. He committed to Colorado. So Ben Johnson reached out to him. Patino had been recruiting him pretty hard, Patino's staff. Mm -hmm. But Colorado was his first offer. He committed last night to Colorado. Ben tried, but it's darn near impossible, Judd, to make up that much ground in a week. That the kid was thinking about committing for a while. Ben made the phone call, but Ben got off the phone thinking, great kid, I'd love to have him, but I just can't make up all this ground. You know, Colorado's had a relationship with the kid for multiple years. I can't make up the ground that I need to on this kid. So he actually lost a recruit last night, technically. But we got to give him some time. He is going to land some kids. I mean, I brought up Holloman's name. I brought up a leg name from Minnehaha Academy. Holloman from Creighton Durham Hall. He's reached out to Cam Heidi, who he has a good relationship with. Cam plays at Wyzetta High School. He's reached out to a few other kids sure. in the 2022 class as well. Damarian Watson is another from Totino Grace High School. Ben is going to land some of these kids. I can't give you specific names right now, Judd, but I can promise you this star-studded 2022 recruiting class here in Minnesota, I am willing to promise fans that Ben, he's going to land at least one, and my money would be on at least two of these kids.
1: Vikings, where do you do, do think, stand as we basically wind down the, uh, the meat of the free agency period is gone, but they still need a left tackle? They still need a left guard. I, I think they're probably still trying to find an interior rush guy on defense and defensive end as well. Where do things stand as far as you know for the Vikings right now?
0: Seeds planted on all those fronts. By the way, where things stand right now: Rick Spielman at Ohio State's pro day yesterday. Rick Spielman was at the University of Miami, Florida's pro day. Okay. Gophers pro day is later this week. Spielman typically heads to Gophers pro day. Plus, what Rashad Bateman with Ben St. Juiced. You know, I mean, those are two pretty good prospects to keep an eye on. Plus, I know Brandon Zilstra's brother, Shane, who was a great player at Minnesota State Mankato. He'll be participating in, in pro day, you know, because he didn't get a chance a year ago. He was eligible for the draft a year ago, just didn't have a chance to, to do one of these pro days. There's going to be some other players there as well. That's, that's on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on, on offensive linemen, I mean, they have interest in Blythe, the former, the former Ram, in Lamp, the former Charger. Now, Russell Okung, the, the former Panther, who the Vikings had all sorts of interest in before Riley Reef landed here. They made Okung a really nice offer. He turned them down, chose the Chargers instead. So he's out there. I don't sense anything is, is imminent on, on any of those three fronts, but like I think the Vikings would take any of those guys on, on a minimum one-year deal or close to the minimum, a McKenzie Alexander-type yeah. deal, yep. a Xavier Woods type deal. I mean, if you look at those two contracts, those are sweetheart contracts. Yep. So they would take they would take any of those three. Geno Atkins, I brought him up last week with you. You know, there's there's interest in in Geno. So I mean, the seeds have, have all been planted. Judd, you said last week, I mean you nailed the 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 woods signing. You also said that, that you foresee forest lamp landing here and I'll defer to you on that. That's something it makes logical sense.
1: It's something I, I absolutely could see. I think the problem is, and Woods actually turned them down initially. I think well because they offered him the minimum, right? They're lowballing these guys by so much yes. that they're saying yes. no. So my guess is that there's definitely an offer out there to probably uh, Blythe and Lamp, and they said first one to take it gets it. But my guess is both guys are saying, okay, I got to have some incentives or something here. Um, as far as Okun goes, I don't see him taking a deal that's probably not a, a little bit more to his liking. So my, my guess with him is they're lowballing him, and he's probably flat out saying, "I need more." But at some point in time, Dukes, w- whether it be through the draft or the free agency process, you've got to fill in the left side of this line. And well, I, they will,
0: and and let's so, not forget, Judge, they made Nick Easton an offer, a lowball offer. Yep. Right, way back, they made Will Parks the safety a minimum offer. Yep. That was early in free agency, and he said. Let me play this out. Now, the Woods camp was aware of that, but I think the Woods camp said, guess what? Woods is a better player than Parks. So they got if all. you want to take Parks at the minimum, yep. fine. They got Go camp. do it. We're not taking the minimum with you. So, yeah, you're right. They tried to get Woods at the minimum, then went up ever so slightly to, to seal that deal. I think eventually that's what they'll have to do to get one of those offensive linemen.
1: Where do you think Bateman goes now in the draft? What, what you know, because I thought going into 2020, he, he would be, I said around 10 or so. Like, I, I really liked his chances. Uh, the year was weird, so it's not his fault, but he clearly, before he opted out, was not as effective. Where do you think he goes in the first round if he does go in the fir- first round? Which I would guess he'd still go at the end or something like that. What's your thought?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my thought, that, that if he goes on Thursday... That it's, it's at the end of, of the draft, uh, that night, you know, so they do that first round on, on the Thursday. I think actually, Judd, there, there might be a better chance he ends up going early Friday, mm. that, that he slides to the second round. I mean, it's, it's a really good wide receiver draft. Now, if he runs a really good 40 time on Thursday, let's circle back and I'll tell you that he's going to go late first round that the, the tape speaks for itself. Yep. And I mean, I, I just saw some pictures of him the other day. I mean, He's put on unbelievable upper body strength. I mean, I'll be curious to see how many reps he does on the bench press because his arms look enormous. But it'll come down to that 40 time, sadly, because like watch the tape. You know, I, I just I don't get the obsession over, over the 40 times when you're either. not in full uniform, right? You're I'm with you. you're in you're in biker shorts, those tight
1: shorts. And you don't run those, straight. Those spandex shorts. Yeah. And you don't I, run I don't. straight in football. You caught.
0: I don't get it. I, I really don't. I mean, just, you know, plop in the video, and, and you can see how good he is. But there's two really good wide receivers from Alabama. There's a really good wide receiver from LSU. Yep. There's a really good wide receiver from, from Florida. It's just it's, – it's a, it's a really deep but also top-heavy receiver draft. So that could push him down. I just hope he lands in, in the right environment. Like, you know, Tyler Johnson, I was, I was upset he slid all the way to the fifth round. But for him to learn under the guidance last year of Godwin and Mike Evans to form a bond with with Tom Brady, yep. like Tyler Johnson ended up in, in a great situation, regardless of of winning the ring, but also to be able to, to, to do some stuff on the biggest stage possible. That that huge catch he had, that unbelievable, you know, cross his body catch in, in in that New Orleans game. He had a big uh, impact in, in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau. Granted, the, the final play or uh, the big play was, you know, they held his jersey, but but he got open, right, and and mm-hmm. the flag got thrown, and, and there's the pass interference. So, like, he made big plays in the playoffs for Tampa. So it's more about landing with, with the right, you know, team. I mean, I, I'd love to see, speaking of the Packers, I'd mm-hmm. love to see Rashad Bateman end up with Green Bay. They could use him
1: for sure. I tw- mean, there's interest. I mean, love them.
0: trust me. They're going to draft a receiver this year. I don't know how high. Maybe it's really high. They're not making that mistake again. So if they're going to take a receiver, why not? You know, why not pair Rashad with with Aaron Rodgers and, and learn under the guidance of Devonte Adams?
1: Another one that interests me too, Dugs and Judd, is if he goes to Kansas City and if he balls out with Pat Mahomes to Bateman. That is, I, I think, him going to Kansas City could be a lot, a lot of fun. And just the idea of Bateman and Mahomes together could be could be some fireworks, man.
0: And they just lost Watkins. Watkins mm-hmm. went to not that they were trying to keep Sammy Watkins, but but he's off to Baltimore. So, yeah, I mean, presumably I'm with you, Declan. They they are going to take a receiver. I just wonder, based on on their draft position, maybe some offensive line needs, some other needs. If Kansas City goes in a different direction with its first pick yeah. and then Bateman's off the board by the okay. time they come up with their second pick.
1: Timberwolves, um, that godforsaken franchise, Doogie, what can you t- tell us? I a- actually freelance for the Pioneer Press on Friday and Saturday. I was at both Rockets games. Um, that was some rough basketball, but uh, I'll say this for him. Chris Finch is going to have to be a saint of patience with this team because I do think that he's a good coach. I think he knows exactly what he wants. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I also think that for a team to be as up and down and at times engaged and at times not engaged would drive a coach crazy. But what is the latest that you hear with the Wolves and the eventual return of D'Angelo Russell, which I'm guessing is going to be in the next few weeks, if the timing is right. Is that correct? Yes.
0: Yes. And, I mean, you're talking about Chris Finch being driven crazy. Yes. Wait until Russell appears on the court. Now, we always thought, and when I say we, I, I think you were in this boat, others, that, that the timeline they provided, so Russell undergoes knee surgery. When was it? Give or take a day. February 17th, February
1: 18th. Middle of February. Somewhere
0: in that ballpark. Correct. That, that the four- to six-week timetable yep. was uber-aggressive, that he wasn't going to be back in four to six weeks. In fact, if Ryan Saunders had remained coach, I was convinced he was going to miss the rest of the season. Now with Chris Finch being back, there's more a sense of urgency to return. So yeah, before the season is over, I don't know, Judd, if it'll be next week or the week after, but, but yeah, he, he has been ramping up activity slowly, but surely. So yeah, the thought process is that, that Russell does return, but like think about last night. Now they were much more competitive last night. So you know, Finch did something right coming off the debacle. That was those, those two Houston games, even though they won one of them, right? Like he lit some sort of fire that, that registered, you know, so last night in Brooklyn, I mean, that was a fun game, but like you think about it, you know, 14 seconds left. They're down three inbound the ball. Malik Beasley takes just a horrific shot. shot. I don't know what that shot was. And, I have a hard time believing Chris Finch drew up that no, play. No, he didn't. He's way too smart an offensive coach. I don't know if he if he talked about a post game. I wasn't on the post game Zoom, but he didn't. Like, there's no way he drew up that play, right? No, no.
1: He's and really so went those, rogue. he yeah. Went rogue. So
0: those are the issues that you're mm. dealing with. Not to mention the hiccups on defense. They are a horrendous defensive team. Yeah. He's going to bring in a new staff. So all the coaches. Have, have team options on their contracts after the year. Yeah. There's going to be changes with the coaching staff. I have a hard time seeing David Vantrell pull back. I have a hard time seeing Brian Gates back. So Chris Finch in all likelihood is going to bring in a really good defensive assistant to really help him coach up, you know, these guys when it comes to, to the defense. And yeah, I'm with you. You give him a full training camp, a full preseason. Yeah. He's a, he's a smart coach. He's, he's a really good offensive coach. So. I'm with you. Give him some time, but the roster is still broken. It has all sorts of issues.
1: Where's Ant at? Because you know, Ant has these incredible games, and then he has these games where he's not good. And and I I applaud Finch the the fact that he sat Ant to close the OKC game last Monday, Doogie, and then he did the same exact thing on Friday against the Rockets in the win. I applaud that. But where do we think Ant is at as far as Development goes, and I guess just as importantly, do we think the people around him, i.e. Carl Anthony Towns, Russell, do we think that those guys are going to help him develop? Because I do think he has first overall pick talent, and I do think that he could be a great player. I also fear that that he also could go down the wrong path here. Not necessarily his fault, but just the losing culture and a lot of people who are into their own stats at times.
0: That's a safe fear to have, that, that can he reach his full potential in this losing environment, in this culture? That's a fair question to ask. I will say yep. he is 19 years old. He yeah. won't be 20 until August. That there will be or should be a natural maturation that takes place these next couple years, physically and mentally, because I think his body can still fill out that, that he'll become more chiseled that there's still some baby fat there that he can get rid of. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of just the way he plays, shot selection needs all sorts of work. He needs to keep getting to the free throw line more and more. He had the one game in, in I think it was Phoenix, where he went to the free throw line 10 or 11 times. That should be happening more regularly. Maybe not 10, but 7, 6. He needs to finish more of those drives too, get some more and-one opportunities. The defense last night. The defense was more engaging, but overall, he needs to be way more engaged on defense. But I'm with you. I think there's there's enough there to like. Yeah, like even even after the game, like you saw James Harden, you know, hustle over to Anthony, yep. to talk to him. Like I like the he's kid got, a lot. He's got this 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 you know like Trey Holloman this it factor this mm-hmm. this this you know guys gravitate toward him, right? And it's not only James, it's a lot of guys. Now he shares representation with LeBron James. So LeBron is one of his guys. Anthony Davis is one of his guys. But a lot of these superstars really like Anthony Edwards. Like LeBron James, he was, he was there at at Anthony's pro day. Like, and I get it. They, they share an agent, but it's not like LeBron had to be there. But I think LeBron feels like, like, you know, he wants to help out the next generation and Anthony is part of that that next generation. But yeah, I, I, I hear you Judd on, on your concerns about him reaching that full potential here. But I, I just, I would caution, let's, let's give him a bit more time. It certainly looks like Gerson hit on, on, on the 28th pick, Jaden McDaniels. I mean, Jaden's got all sorts of two-way potential. Jaden McDaniels looks so good.
1: He plays defense. He, like, he embraces defense. And they really liked Can't him. Like to he do was that. in the mix. He was in the
0: mix of pick 17. If they had stayed at pick 17, yeah. they might have ended up going with the, the forward from Memphis that went to Miami, Ochua. But like Jaden McDaniels was right there neck and neck at pick 17. So that's how much they value Jaden, that they were considering him at pick 17 if they had stayed at pick 17. So to get him at pick 28, like that was, that was a great, great pick. I mean, what a contract to have him for the next few years at just a couple million dollars a year.
1: Final scoop, sir. Rapid fire. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Wild. On the wild.
0: Yeah, I mean, Zach Parisi is is doing actually better than okay. Uh, the symptoms just haven't been there. So whenever he can escape that COVID list, you know, I, I foresee him being, being ready to rock and roll. I had a nice chat yesterday with Johnny Brodzinski, who's in the New York Rangers system. Mm-hmm. So Johnny played at Blaine High School, played at St. Cloud State. So Johnny was on the last Huskies team that went to the Frozen Four in 2013. Johnny – I mean, the Brodzinski hockey family is one of the best hockey families here in Minnesota. Dad played at St. Cloud. Johnny has two brothers that either played or do play for the Gophers and has his brother Easton who plays right now for St. Cloud State. Their leading scorer, Easton Brodzinski. Unfortunately, he took a cheap shot in the, in the semifinal game. The, or I guess it would have been the quarterfinal game, the, the Elite Eight game, whatever you want to call it, the game against Boston College. Yeah. The other day, Saint Cloud State Fun wins. Night. They advance to the Frozen Four. It's the second time in in program history. First time since Johnny's team in in 2013. But Easton is going to be out. It's a femur injury. He underwent immediate surgery. Mm. So they they rushed him into surgery Sunday. You know, shortly after he left the arena there in Albany. Thankfully for Johnny, so Johnny's with Hartford right now in the AHL. So he's been he's been up and down. He's with the New York Rangers. He's played NHL games this year, but they've sent him up and down. So he's now with the AHL team in, in Hartford, Connecticut. They're home right now. So Johnny said when I talked to him yesterday, last night he was, he was going to head to the hospital to see Easton. So very bittersweet for Johnny Brodzinski that, that his alma mater, the program that's so near and dear to his heart yeah. has a legit chance to, to win a national championship. They'll play Minnesota State Mankato on April. I guess it would be what April 8th in the frozen four in Pittsburgh, but that his brother, the leading scorer on the Huskies, Easton Brodzinski, unfortunately, will miss the Frozen Four. He will, though, travel. That He'll be in a position to travel with the team so he'll be able to experience everything. But, yeah, right. super unfortunate that Easton won't be able to play in the Frozen Four.
1: Thank you, sir. Go cook for those kids now. I
0: will. Thank you, Judd. See you, Declan. Take care.